Are you ready to challenge rhetoric? Today is Sunday, March 20th. My name is Sherry Roberts, and I'm your host. I'm challenging the rhetoric. Welcome to the show. So it's Sunday. I don't usually do shows on Sunday, but this one couldn't wait. I I had to schedule a show and do it. I I don't have my normal prep going on for the show, so I hope it turns out okay. Um, Big questions that that I have tonight, and we're going to address them the best that we can, is, is there a new Bundy Ranch indictment coming up? Uh, I think so. I'll tell you why in a little bit. We also want to talk about what's up with Pete Santilli's ex parte motion. Is he getting ready to separate his case from the other defendants, from his co-defendants? I think so. I'll tell you why uh, coming up also in a little bit. And I really, uh, you know, I, I want to know, why is Staff Sergeant Moe trying to scare uh, the First Amendment hell out of bloggers, podcasters, YouTubers, and other independent media, including some of the bigger dogs like Alex Jones, who I'm no fan. <laughs> Everybody knows how I feel about Alex Jones. So yay to what she said about Alex Jones in some of her latest videos on her new show, The Oath. Uh, but she's really trying to scare you, and we're going to talk about that uh, in the show here tonight. That's really the main gist of what's going to go on. So, because I, I want to dig into it, I want to dig into these players, particularly uh, Maureen Peltier, uh, aka Staff Sergeant Mill, as I said, and Deb Jordan, uh, Santilli, Pete Santilli, the jail talk show host, his girlfriend and co-host, longtime co-host, about four and a half years now. Deb Jordan, some knew, who are, knew her as uh, Susanna Cole. Uh, for most of Santilli's airtime, they knew her as San, uh, Susanna Cole, and it's only been really in about the last year that uh, all of a sudden Deb Jordan has appeared. And oddly, there was a bunch of commotion a few weeks back because apparently some of his regular listeners didn't know that she was the same person. So I don't know. I don't know about all of that. But, you know, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about what they're doing right now because I, I pretty much had it with the fear-mongering and the money-grubbing, the money-grubbing. You know, I, I'm an independent media person. I take donations. I survive. My show survives off of donations or out of my own pocket. This is a labor of love to me. But you don't hear me or see me schlepping all the time and begging you people for money to support me. That's up to you. If you like what I do, then, hey, great, do it. If not, I'm not going to sit there and, like, make you feel bad like some of these people do and have done. Um, I also want to do a bit of an update on some of the court stuff itself. But before I jump up on my own soapbox, because uh, it's going to be that kind of a show tonight, let me set up the show kind of properly. During each live broadcast, you can interact on the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash challenging the rhetoric news. And on Twitter, where I tweet from at CTR news feed. For this show, we're using hashtag CTR, Oregon Standoff, and Bundy Ranch. All of the stories that I cover are available on the website at challenging the rhetoric news. And if you'd like to call into the show tonight, you can do that. The number is 646-787-1790. If you do call in, be sure all of, the, all of your background audio is off. Um, if you're calling to express a differing opinion than mine or, or someone else has called in or someone in chat or on a story that I've written, that's fine. I'm open to that. But you need to do so respectfully. Uh, I, will not ha- I will not deal with, I will not tolerate in any way attacks uh, in the chat room or in the phone calls. I pay for this time, and my donors pay for this time. 
and they don't pay for that kind of time. So if there's any kind of problems or if it's as simple as you don't turn your background noise off, your call will be immediately terminated or you will be booted out of the chat room. A quick reminder, this show is rated PG-13. I do that for a reason. I think that the young people across this country and other places in the world need to be a little bit more politically astute as to as far as what's going on in, in the real world, in their worlds. And I think the age of 13 is appropriate for that. I hope that you you know, adhere to that in the chat room as well as when you call. And again, that's another reason to get bumped out of either. Uh, this, this show that I do is not to talk to my base, to my choir. It's really to talk to anybody that's willing to have a dialogue. Um, so remember also that if you're listening to an archive, you're not going to be able to get through on the phones or chat with us in the chat room. If you want to get in the chat room, there's a whole bunch of people in there already. You can find the chat room at blogtalkradio.com forward slash challenging the rhetoric with Sherry Roberts, and it's C-H-E-R-I. So blogtalkradio.com forward slash challenging the rhetoric with Sherry Roberts. Right beneath that little slideshow is a chat room. And if you're already logged in and you don't see the chat room, hit your refresh button and then scroll down, and it should, uh, it should be right there. So again, I cannot emphasize enough that everything that I try to uh, create and encourage with my show and my websites and my social media presence is about dialogue, uh, not debate. Because a debate is a winner and a loser. A debate has no solution as an end result. We have all kinds of debates going on in this country particularly, okay, and, and outside of it. And so long as there's an ongoing debate, we never have any sort of solutions. So I need you to respect that for me on the show here um, if you want to listen. And, and again, I'm open to all varying and different opinions. So let's kind of get right into this. So let's start first and foremost. Is there another indictment coming down with regards to Oregon standoff at Malheur Refuge or outside of Burns, Oregon, or with Bundy Ranch uh, for the Bunkerville 2014 incident? Now, two people who are not the most credible people in some of the stuff that they put out there, but they would be two people in the know, and I'll explain why in a minute. But so how many more people are going to be arrested in charges? Well, it sounds like maybe quite a few more, and the charges are going to be specific to the 2014 Bunkerville, Nevada, uh, Bundy Ranch standoff, not the Burns, Oregon, Malheur Refuge standoff. At least that's what the talk is. The last superseding indictment had alluded to another, and now it looks like it's really going to happen. And according to both Staff Sergeant Moe, a.k.a. Maureen Peltier, and uh, Nevada Assemblywoman, uh, also a congressional candidate now, Michelle Fiore, or Fiore, whatever you want to call her, um, they've both come out in a video. Now, uh, Moe put her video out on March 17th, which was the day, FYI, that was the day that Centrally had his Nevada arraignment when the U.S. Attorneys of Nevada came to the Oregon Federal Court and did that. Deb Jordan was not present at that, and Deb Jordan, up until some comments today on Pete Santilli's Facebook page under Pete Santilli's name, uh, posted some stuff that also directly related to me, and we'll get into that a little later in the show, uh, related to a lot of people uh, out there in the independent media world. Um, anyhow, the uh, Deb's kind of been MIA for, for a bit here, and uh, she, she cropped up today. Mo, on the other hand, She's been pretty vocal and, and, and you know, and, and going on and on and on. So 
here's the thing. Fiore says that an Oregon attorney told her this, okay? Staff Sergeant Moe is really good friends with Deb, although she probably doesn't know that Deb made some snide remarks that are audible in some of Sam Tilly's videos out there in Burns, Oregon, prior to the arrest, uh, when she was calling and, and, and Pete was going to answer the phone, and Deb's in the background like, oh, that woman drives me crazy. Okay, now they're buddy-buddy, chummy-chummy. I, I realize that Deb needs someone to lean on. She's leaning on somebody who has a different agenda than, than, than Deb has, and again, that's something we're going to get into more. So these indictments, uh, Maureen Peltier, Staff Sergeant Moe, and Michelle Fiore, they'll say they're coming down. So from a quote from Moe's video on March 17th, which was her very first, uh, um, she has a new show on YouTube. It's called The Oath. And, and I, I want to give her some props because it's a different side of Mo than she normally presents. She's a little less erratic. She's much more focused. She's toned down. Uh, that can only come from what's happening in the courts and with the attorneys and her good friends. And these are the things that I tried to tell her and Deb in the beginning of all of this mess that they needed to do. But here's what she had to say with regards to indictment. She says, it is true for those of you who then may have heard the whisperings, there's a new indictment from Nevada coming out, and it is anticipated on good authority, good word, I'm not going to name names, but it's coming soon, so it'll prove me right or wrong, or prove the information I receive right or wrong, but it's real, it's happening. The grand jury came together in Nevada and approved this indictment, and many arrests are coming. We don't know the number, we don't know the names, I haven't seen the paperwork yet, it's very real. Now, that was the only thing that I had seen. However, the next day, one of the Oath Keepers put out, well, let me, before I jump to the next video, let me, let me, let me emphasize something here. Uh, first of all, Mo does say that this new indictment that she's referring to is strictly about Bundy Ranch events from 2014, nothing to do with Nellier. Now, that could or could not be true. We don't know yet. But she is a close friend of Deb's. I would imagine that she got this information from Deb or from the attorney himself since she sat in for Deb since Deb wasn't at the Nevada arraignment. I'm not sure how that worked, but I do believe that what she's saying is true. And if you actually watch it, you can find this very specific short piece at the 1711 uh, mark on the video that's linked on the website, um, and, I'll, and I'll put those out there. So now to the next video. The same day, Michelle Fiore did a video on the Liberty Brothers radio show with host, uh, an Oathkeeper host, Jason Van Tatenhove, and um, he interviewed her. He didn't post it until the next day, the day that they were expecting uh, news of the indictment to actually come down because their knowledge was that it was going to start happening as of this past Friday and then uh, culminate by Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. So we haven't heard anything uh, other than these two little blurbs out there um, and a couple little mentions of another Bundy on the Bundy Ranch page. Uh, but no, Or actually, I think it was on, um, yeah, it was on Ryan Bundy's wife's page. But the reality is here is that now Fiore in this video, which is also linked on the same thing on my site, and at the 9.14 mark, this is her quote. This is what she had to say about these indictments. Quote, basically, they're looking at anyone that was at Bunkerville in 2014 with a firearm. So the Nevada prosecutor that was in Oregon last week told an Oregon attorney that today, Friday, they would 
They would be Friday, March 18th through the upcoming Tuesday. They will be doing another mass, using that term mass, M-A-S-S, amount of arrests with anyone that was in Bunkerville with a firearm in 2014. All of the emphasis on the word mass was Fiori's, not mine. Um, those of you, regardless of what side of this you, you are on, you know that Fiori uses a lot of emphasis and rhetoric uh, to get her points across. Um, she does continue on with that message by advising all the patriots. and well, she, She's not even calling them patriots, FYI. She's calling all of them cowboys. There were very few real cowboys uh, out there, um, but that's what she's calling them. They're all, you know, cowboys who were camping. Anyhow, she's saying that uh, do not talk to the feds without their attorneys. Pretty good advice. Uh, pretty good advice if you know that you have a, a fed coming to talk to you. Even if you don't think you've done anything wrong, you probably want to have an attorney handy. Uh, but again, the way she is presenting it, that's more of the pandering to the fear. And we're going to talk about that pandering to the fear because there is a pattern to that with a certain select few people, and it's for specific and targeted reasons. And it's also worth mentioning that Fiore was also at Santilli's Nevada arraignment in Portland's federal court. I don't know if she sat side by side with Maureen Pelletier, Staff Sergeant Moe, but I do think it's pretty safe to say that the attorney that she references getting her information from is none other than Santilli lawyer Thomas Cohn. So are they fear-mongering to the base, or are we just really going to see a new round of charges and arrests? I think we are going to see a new round of charges and arrests because, as I said, the previous superseding indictment did allude to at least one more superseding indictment. And who knows? There might be more after that. We don't know. Everything is being gathered up. Now, who all these other people are, I don't know. Uh, neither Mo nor Fiore wanted to um, elaborate or, you know, uh, or whether they know or not. Um, and I don't want to do a whole lot of guessing except with the exception of members of COWS, the Coalition of Western um, States, you know, uh, COWSTATES.org, which Gavin Syme owns. Gavin, Gavin is technically, technically the owner of COWS. He's the owner. I guess he's a rancher now. He should go camping on a refuge, according to Fiore. And she supports that kind of crap. And the thing is, is that people are kind of attacking me and coming at me because I seem to be, in their opinion, coming from somewhere they didn't expect me to come from. But those that really know me and those that really follow the journalistic work I do know that although I used to be very much like these people, I have been very diligently for a couple of few years now trying to be the antithesis of the fear monger, the antithesis of the the, the cult member, cult follower who click, click, share and, and get, get makes myself so scared of real and unreal things and, and so much so that I want to go out and scare other people. So the indictment is probably going to come. Uh, I don't know that that's a fact, but I'm thinking that it probably is true what they're saying and I don't think it's going to be in the hundreds like in Fiori's video, she kind of alludes to the mass, the mass, amounts and numbers. I think it will be significant. And, and on that note, I would like to tell you that I have searched high and low trying to find what the actual record is, at least in my living history, of court cases that have this many defendants. And that's just what we currently have. Who knows how many more there's going to be. 
it's really um, it's really pretty crazy. It's really pretty crazy. And when you look at this, because there's a lot of historical stuff involved here. So now I want to jump over to the next thing real quick, and that is about this uh, ex parte motion that that Santelli's lawyer filed late Thursday night of this past week. It was after, like, the courts were done for the day. It didn't even get a time stamp. It hadn't even been seen by the judge that night. Nobody knows why he filed it. Now, the reason that I want to bring this up particularly is it seems to be something that Deb Jordan and uh, Maureen Peltier thinks that I have done something wrong. Uh, Ironically, I put zero accusations. I put no speculation. I put nothing mean or anything, I put out a story because at 5 a.m. on Friday morning, I had that document in my hands that said that Santilli filed this secret motion. Ex parte is a secret motion. And that secret motion, the way that it was filed and worded in his motion, was that not only that the prosecutors and other people couldn't see it, but also his co-defendants. Now, we had not been seeing those things come out. They may have come out with some of the lesser players of this, but, you know, make no mistake, Pete Santilli is uh, one of the bigger fish in this whole situation. Now, this came out, and again, I alluded really to nothing, and to put it clearly, I basically said that this came out, and I described, I, I took, you know, from law.com uh, and other, three other credible legal websites and got what the definition of ex parte was what the definition of work document was because it was very uh, sure in this document, this one paragraph motion that was filed, that a work document was something that we probably didn't know what it was and should. And it is very important what that work document is because that's new information, new information that had not yet been previously provided and information that could, in fact, be sealed from all of us for whatever or until it comes out in court, maybe. It doesn't matter. I never alluded, I never embellished, I was never extravagant in anything I said. I only stuck to the facts. However, hundreds of people, well, thousands of people shared, but dozens if not hundreds of people wrote their own synopsis from what I wrote, okay? And they put this out there and they they propagate it and spread it, and they do the very same thing that Pete Santilli did, the very same thing that people like Alex Jones do, the very thing that I don't do anymore. And it's like a thorn in my side. It pisses me off. And it also breaks my heart because it's very strange looking at everything that has happened from this other perspective. And it's time for people to grow up It's time for people to look at what they're really doing. When I put this out there, it was newsworthy, especially for someone like Pete Santilli, to put a secret motion in. And here's why. For a while, we had heard speculation for weeks now that some of the defendants would be potentially separating their cases from one another. I think that's smart. I'm no attorney. I could be completely wrong. Initially, they all agreed to do one joint trial, Uh, I'm not positive, but it seemed to me the reason was is that they thought that they would get quicker due process. They'd get that, you know, their trial quicker and all of that. Um, As more and more evidence and more charges and more indictments and more stuff has 
panned out. Um, I think that people are looking at how to save their own butts, as they should be. And they should have been doing that from the beginning. And I don't mean by turning on one another, okay? I don't mean for anyone to roll on one another. That's not what I'm saying at all, okay? Not what I'm saying at all. But these are very real human lives, and we're in the dozens and with more coming. And what some of these people did is trivial. What some of these people did is over the top and major. And then there's those that are somewhere in the in between. And then, even outside of those three things, then we have somebody like Pete Santilli, who was all of the above. But he did have a show. He had traveled over different places and covered different stories. I argue whether he's a journalist or just an entertainer. He hasn't journaled in a long time. Technically, to be a journalist, you need to write something more than a post. You need to investigate and then write and report on something. That doesn't mean, hey, listen to my show. It doesn't mean spit up and regurgitate what somebody else did all the work for. All right? He's trying to claim he's a journalist. And that's fine. I would even be able to roll with that and still say that there's still a limit for journalists, whether we like it or not. It's not a fair apples-to-apples comparison what Santilli's doing and what makes it worse. Here's what makes it worse. And this is where... This is where it's hard because, again, I I don't dislike Pete at all. Uh, You know, Pete has been a friend of mine over the years. We've done work together. You know, um, I've never had a real beef with him. We've disagreed heartily on many things. There are many things I would not uh, enter into any kind of work mode with him because I disagreed so much or vice versa. Our relationship was, uh, you know, fluid and simple and, very professional on that level. I am not Suzanne Pozo. I'm not Vinnie Eastwood. I'm not a lot of these people who have, you know, some weird, bad, negative thing that went down with them and Pete Santilli when they worked for him or with him or knew him or whatever the case may be. Uh, Santilli leaned on me at a very emotional time, and I mean emotional, that was very up as well as very down. He was still riding the high from the Bundy Ranch. At the same time, Susanna Cole at that moment was breaking his heart, and he didn't know why. Okay, so for whatever reason, he leaned on me. There was nothing negative. There was nothing sexual. There was nothing highly uber personal except for the fact that this man, for some reason, felt that he needed somebody to talk to, and I happened to be it. Now, I've conveyed a little bit more just in that few sentences maybe than I have before in the past or in the same way in the past. It's hard on Twitter in 140 characters or less with hashtags or in a post on Facebook without being redundant or coming off in an uber-personal way or whatever to convey some of this stuff. But Pete Santilli is not a bad guy, and the people that are out there saying he's a fed, I've not been convinced of that yet. I have said that it's possible he could roll over if the deal is right, if his life is at stake. I don't know. I think anybody is capable of that. I don't care how many flags they wave or guns they hold or microphones they speak into. I think everybody, when their life is truly in jeopardy, 
or that of someone they love. I think that they would do about anything. But I've never said that Pete would rule. I've never said that he did rule. I've never said that he was a fed. In fact, I've said all the opposite of that. But for some reason, because I put out articles because I'm interested in this because Pete was my friend or I would hope someday is still my friend along the way. But, you know, no harm, no foul. He's done some bad things and I don't think that we're ever going to kind of reconcile over that. We're never going to agree. Let me put it that way. I don't care if we reconcile. We're never going to agree because there's a problem. And here's the problem. Established legacy media types, they often look down on Internet bloggers and podcasters, they don't find any kind of need whatsoever, really, in most cases, uh, for us to have, you know, protection under shield laws. And when I say legacy media, I'm talking Fox News, CBS, New York Times, you know, all of the LA Times, all the big corporate media, all right? And this is something that they fight because somehow people that are bloggers and, and Internet journalists, okay, are somehow less than Now, when cases like this come up, I can see why. I have legitimately worked my entire adult life in media, most of it corporate media. I left corporate media because I couldn't stomach it anymore with what I felt I knew. And and granted, this was in the hardcore days of me drinking a lot of Kool-Aid. And I don't mean the government's Kool-Aid. I don't mean the government's Kool-Aid. I know what the government's Kool-Aid is, okay? But when you are looking to connect with people that know what you know and believe what you believe, that Kool-Aid that's being passed around is still Kool-Aid. And I was drinking it. So I understand when cases like this, and I could have done a case like this back in the day, I understand why legacy media has a problem with it. And here's what's going on. As we know, the bulk of the known evidence in these investigations for both both events in, in Burns, Oregon, as well as Bunkerville, the bulk of the evidence that we know publicly is really coming from videos that Pete Santilli live-streamed. Okay, these videos that Pete Santilli live-streamed were on YouTube and Talk News Network and on Spreaker and iTunes and TuneIn and anywhere else that they were shared, downloaded, or further live-streamed. Okay, Santilli's online reach, when we've talked before and we talk about 60,000, 65,000 and more YouTube subscribers, that's what you hear in corporate media. But let me assure you that Santilli's overall online reach is at the very least, and I'm being highly conservative, twice that amount, okay, But I also know Santilli, and I know that he believed that he was an advocacy journalist, okay, not an investigative journalist, an advocacy journalist, because, you know, he's the advocate, started with his Coca-Cola days, right? That's what he wanted everybody to believe, okay? He's an advocacy journalist, just like me, okay? But I'm also an investigative journalist. I have things I advocate about, but there's a right and a wrong way to mix those worlds, and Santilli didn't know the right way. Didn't care to know the right way. Was Santilli a journalist? There are times where Santilli has been a journalist, by definition. Anybody that keeps a journal, anybody that writes a story that they believe to be true and puts it out there, is technically a journalist. Pete Santilli hasn't been doing a whole lot of writing. He's been a whole lot of preening for his own camera on a stick, okay, on a stick. 
uh, I wish I had the sound bite for the, you know, the jalapeno on a stick. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that he's he's a showman. He's an entertainer. He calls himself a shock jock. He can't have one foot in both worlds of being an entertainer and being a journalist because those two things don't really meet together. They just don't. And most people know this. You know, I document life and history as it happens, and I revisit and report on history that has already happened, then I deliver it. And so by definition, I'm a journalist. And even if I didn't deliver it, just in the mere act of writing it, I'd be a journalist. But there are ethics behind that, and Santilli had no problem throwing up out there that he had this credential and that credential and this credential and this, that, and the other, and wear his press jacket. Okay, he did all these different things, but let me tell you something. And this is for advocacy journalists, okay? The ethics are much more stringent for anything beyond and above that. Just for a lowly advocacy journalist, okay, like Pete and myself and other people, here's the rules. And it's just seven, seven basic rules. Acknowledge your perspective up front. Be truthful, accurate, and credible. Don't spread propaganda. Don't take quotes or facts out of context. Don't fabricate or falsify. And don't judge or suppress vital facts or present, ha- present half-truths. Number three, don't give your opponents equal time, but do ignore them. But don't ignore them either. Four, explore arguments that challenge your perspective and report embarrassing facts that support the opposition. Ask critical questions of people who agree with you. Now, before I move on to the next two, let me just say that that what I just said right there, or the next three, that what I just said right there, Santilli and I talked about that ad nauseum on the phone, in emails, in text, but also documented on his show in the end of, at the end of October 2014, 2014, I believe it's show 827. If you just put his name and my name in a browser, you'll find the show I'm talking about. And when you listen, you'll hear that we have this conversation. And he agreed. Tell them. He's amazed backwards. Prove himself wrong. He agreed, and he went on and on and on about what great advice that was and how he was going to do that from there on out. And he never did. If he did, he'd not be where he is right now in Inverness Jail in Portland, Oregon, in Multnomah County. And by the way, Deb and Mo, I know you're not Oregonians, and I know some of these words are a little tricky, but it's not Multnomah, it's Multnomah. Three syllables, Multnomah County, okay? That's where they're at, Inverness Jail. The next three points out of the seven is avoid slogans, ranting, and polemics. Instead, Articulate complex issues clearly and carefully. That's all Santilli did with slogans, ranting, and polemics. When did he articulate anything complex clearly and carefully? Number six, be fair and thorough. That never happened on Santilli's show. And finally, make use of neutral sources to establish facts. And that's another thing that Santilli and I talked about on the show that I was on of his as well as the one that he was on of mine. Santilli didn't make use of neutral sources. Santilli, like too many people out there, not just YouTubers, not just podcasters and bloggers, too many people in general because you're too busy searching something that's going to agree with you, confirmation bias. Santilli might not have started out that way, but there is something that happens to some people 
not all, but to some people. And it happened to Santilli. It happened to me. Thank God I was able to figure it out along the way and rein it in and say, yes, there are bad things in this world, and yes, conspiracies are real, and yes, the government is not there to be our friend. I've been clear. I've been clear on that. I tell you no lies here. I don't take any corporate dollars. So Santilli, he's not a muckraker either. He's not an advocacy journalist. He's not a muckraker either. Because the truth is, is that Santilli maybe began as a muckraker. And as he was, you know, raking up all the muck, he stopped looking up. Okay, like Theodore Roosevelt's speech that's, that's in a piece that I did, and the piece is called The Problem with Santilli that you can find on challengingrhetoric.news. Just a search for Santilli's name, it'll come up. But this speech was in 1906 by our 26th president of the United States, Theodore Roosevelt. All right, and in this speech, he talks about the muckraker and he talks about the importance of journalism and journalists. And he talks about the importance of the muckraker because it is important. It is important, as Staff Sergeant Mo says, as Deb says, as other patriots say. Okay, it is important that there are people out there like me, like us, like them, that are talking about this, that are aware of these things, that not all the things that we talk about are real because we get bogged down in this crazy, crazy minutiae of belonging to this movement. And I've talked about the cultish nature of them, and it's very, very real. And it cannot be overlooked and denied. So I heartily uh, suggest that you go and you look at the comparisons of what really the different kinds of journalists are, and you can compare them to our friend Pete Santilli. And I say our friend because I want to challenge. I'm not going to just be challenging Deb and Mo tonight. I want to challenge all those people that are out there running amok with the things that I write, okay? Um, and those that maybe are not even aware of me at all until now that have some beef with Pete Santilli, okay, or any of these people. Many of the YouTubers that I personally see and bloggers that are, seem to be kind of on the hunt for Santilli's head particularly, they're people that were born of Santilli's show. Just like Santilli was born of Alex Jones' show. And if you don't believe that to be true, you look back to Santilli's very first shows, his original shows by all their different names, and it was all about Alex Jones. And he had Alex Jones ads all over his pages. They're still there to see. Go find them. All right? Santilli was born of Alex Jones. And there are countless YouTubers out there born of Santilli who somehow started as friends or fans or worked with him or whatever and then branched off and had their own shows. That wasn't the case with me. I was doing my own thing long before I ever knew Santilli and long before Santilli ever was anything, anywhere, other than working for Coca-Cola or one of his other many jobs, all right? But you people that are out there being vindictive just for the sake of being vindictive, trust me, as Devin most say, as I've been saying for months now, your name is going to be on a list. And I'm not talking about BHS. I'm not talking about a no-fly list. I'm talking about the next indictment list. 
But what I am saying is most of you have reined it in. Most of you right now are afraid. You're presenting that you're not. You're doing all sorts of things, saying all sorts of things, and, and, and acting brave and big. You know, like Gavin Symes saying, I was afraid to post this. Okay? You guys are scared, and you should be. There's a lot going on here, and there is a lot at stake, like Mo and Deb say. But see, here's the thing, and this is where we're going to get into Mo and Deb. What they're telling you, what they're telling you is ass backwards, okay? It is ass backwards. Deb and Mo, they're not concerned for, for your First Amendment rights or my First Amendment rights. They've demonstrated time and again that what they care about is that you agree with them and that you support Pete Santelli, even if it's at your own peril, even if it's at your own peril. Now, why do I say that? Because as people were talking about this and reporting about this, let me remind you all that more than a month ago, on February 14th, on Valentine's Day, Deb Jordan did a live stream, one of her very last ones on the Pete Santilli show, all right? And she was talking about Pete being incarcerated. Her whole show was still then calling people like us out, independent media people, people that post even, just people, people on social media calling us out because we had an opinion. We had a stake in this as independent media people. We have a stake in this. Don't let these women make you think differently. You do have a stake in this, but it's not the stake they're telling you. She goes in this and she go and she tells you, this is a quote. This is Deb. I want to tell everybody that you know that in court they are using things that people have done against Pete on the internet that they've said about him as a tool to convict him. And she wanted everybody to stop. Deb and Mo, who are out there preaching and teaching First Amendment rights, want you to forsake yours for their sake and Santilli's sake. While in doing so, you're going to make it worse for you and for me and ourselves. They're not concerned about your First Amendment rights. They're not, okay? I've heard on the record since the beginning of this mess, okay, that our very, very real rights could easily get trampled on because of this, and they probably will. Things to the Patriot Act, lots of things, even how we demonstrate, uh, you know, peaceful demonstration, not just free speech, the way we assemble, lots of things here, okay? They're real, but these two women are talking at you backwards. They're talking from two sides of their mouth because they have an agenda, and you can see that agenda um, Marine Peltier, Staff Sergeant Moe's very first the oath, okay, from March 17th, the day of Santilli's Nevada hearing, that entire 80 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes show is setting up Santilli separating his case from the others, separating him as someone different and better than all these patriots she says she supports. What's going to happen here with our First Amendment rights, the way they're going to get trampled on? It's not going to be because we're doing something wrong. It's not going to be because I'm doing something wrong. It's not going to be because most of you are doing something wrong. It's going to be because 
people choose to follow leaders who do not know how to lead or they care not where they lead us. In a January Seattle Times article, and I have spoken with, and I can provide the email exchange online on the website and on social media, the reporter that did the Seattle Times story on Staff Sergeant Moe, talking about her being a patriot, talking about her upcoming separation from the Washington National Guard. At the end of this article, it states that Maureen Peltier is separating from the military because of a knee injury and a cognitive disorder. A cognitive disorder. Now, I wanted to clarify with that reporter if the Guard, if the Washington National Guard had said that, or if the writer had assumed that, or where it came from. The response I got is that was Staff Sergeant Moe's words. Now, I've spoken to many psychiatrists and psychologists, and I've done my own research to boot. And I'm not accusing Moe of being crazy. But if she does, in fact, have a cognitive disorder, as she said, no Internet rumor there. She said it, okay? A cognitive disorder, (laughs) it's pretty clear. And you should question her ability, if you're a patriot, or one of Fiori's cowboys, or somebody that's wrapped up, tied up, or noosed by all of this, and you're following this woman with a cognitive disorder, you should be questioning her ability to lead you and where she's leading you. Because the thing is, I don't like, I don't dislike Pete Santilli at all. I have, in fact, since this happened, since right before the arrest even, I had tried to reach out and advise both Deb and Mo, specifically after their arrest, Mo, when I saw how they were immediately doing all these things wrong, things that were exacerbating that situation, things that were exacerbating the situation for those that were arrested, including those they say they love, and for themselves. How do we know that Deb isn't going to get indicted or Mo for the things that they've done? You know, Deb says that the rental car the FBI reported it's stolen. It's been confiscated, and they're taking the, the, you know, the computer stuff out of the OnStar. What do they have on Deb? Maybe something, maybe nothing. We don't know any of that until so something happens. We can speculate, but how healthy is that? That exacerbates the problem. But these women want you to think you can't talk at all. They can say whatever they want. They can be Orwellian. Like, they don't want the government to be, and they can rewrite history here and show you a bunch of nicey-nicey, warm, fuzzy clips of Alphonse Santilli wanting to go help the women and children get out, complying with, with, with law enforcement, but not showing at all the bulk of the material that is very real where it was the antithesis of all of that. Both Deb and Mo, as I said, they are fanatical when they talk about they support everyone's First Amendment right and even those that they disagree with. These two women have me blocked. They talk about me all the time, including today. Deb was posting on Pete Santilli's site, and she's talking about a bunch of independent media people. And with regards to me, although she spells my name wrong, she calls me Sherry. (laughs) Quote, Sherry Roberts also tried to get Pete to see it her way. He refused to demonize the men and women there, And so she jumped on the let's all go after Pete train. What some call the truth is nothing more than rumor and ridiculous speculation from a bunch of disgruntled assholes 
who tried to confront Pete's narrative and couldn't. Well, I never tried to confront Pete's narrative. In fact, I tried to help them so that he doesn't bury himself in life in prison and so that people like Deb and Mo don't find themselves in prison because I liked Pete. Pete was a lot of things, but when you know him on a one-on-one, face-to-face, personal level, and you have no grudge or beef against each other, it's a pretty amicable relationship. I have no beef. I don't think that Pete Santilli should spend the rest of his life in jail. I'm on the record for that, too. Now, this post that, that Deb made on Santilli's Facebook page today is not the first time that Deb and or Mo have called me out. Okay? Deb has called me out two other times on the live stream before she stopped doing that, which I guarantee you she stopped doing live streams because the attorneys told her it was not good for her to be doing it, which is the exact same thing that she hates me on me for that I was trying to tell her to not be doing. Okay, these people don't know what they're doing. They're filled with a lot of emotion. And those that have followed the Oregon standoff or in 2014 the Bundy Ranch and saw some of the insanity that, that is going on with the individual people, not just the overall scene, the individual people. These people do not have one ideology jointly. These people are a, a, a melting pot of various myriad beliefs and thoughts and agendas. Some of these people are involved for nothing more than the fact that they get a hard-on because they can wave their gun to a camera or to a thud, okay? And that's truth. Some of these people believe the Mormon annotation in the pocket constitution, not what the constitution itself says, but what the annotated comments from someone with an agenda has to say. And there's no arguing with most of those people because they do believe and that's a bigger argument that needs to be being had, a bigger conversation, not a, ba- not a debate, a dialogue, a much bigger dialogue in this country. We have bred a new kind of cult in this world via technology. We are able to isolate our very own selves. We don't need a cult leader to isolate us. We do it by ourselves because when we get onto something, it gets our interest, it gets us riled up that makes us a believer in it, pretty soon we believe all sorts of things. And when we talk about one thing or five things or ten things, the people that are in our real lives, right there face-to-face close to us, and then our friends and family extended elsewhere from that, they start becking up. They don't want to hear it every day, every conversation, everything. You're on your rant. You're on your soapbox. So because they go away, we fill that void with more people talking the same thing that we talk. I have done this. I have lived this. I have been a part of that cult. It truly is mind-boggling that somebody, and I'm going to toot my own horn, that somebody as intelligent as I am traveled so deeply and far down that road. And I'm not here to be some weird evangelist on this. What I am here to hopefully do is for those that are not too far gone, and I've talked to several, several that I have faith in, is you need to not follow the footsteps of Pete Santilli. You need to not follow the footsteps of people like Alex Jones and, oh, by the way, I am 
one of the people that is responsible for making Alex Jones what he is, and I am so sorry for that. So sorry for that. (laughs) But it's true. I can't deny it. I can't deny who I am and where I've been. So the irony of people like Deb and Moe coming out at me particularly, when I've said nothing bad or mean or degrading or wrong or untrue in what I've put out on my show or the articles that I've written, what people do with those afterwards, same thing Santilli did. I can't control that, just like no one can control what Santilli did, okay? But isn't, you know, here's the thing. With them having me blocked and all this stuff that they're putting out that's just so steeped in rhetoric, it isn't truth. And isn't, isn't truth what we all say and all the generations before us say? Truth is what's going to set us all free. Truth, right? Isn't that what we are supposedly, all of us, that do independent media, particularly, is to be better than corporate media, right? Okay? we got to be better because aren't we supposedly all doing this for truth, right? Truth. Again, that word truth, little five-letter word there, truth. It's so much bigger than anything coming out of these women's mouths. If, we, if, if we're not doing it for truth, then we all really need to take a really good hard look in the mirror. Santilli's been a friend of mine, like I said, for a long time. I was candid with him directly, face-to-face, not behind his back, not secretly, not some hit-or-miss drive-by email or text battle, face-to-face, sitting in a bar, sharing a drink, sharing a laugh, sharing a cry. He was my friend. I was candid. I could be candid with him, and it was okay. He knew how I felt. He knew how I felt after Bundy. He knew how I felt after or during Mellier. I'm sure he knows how I feel now. I'm sure that Deb and Mill haven't shut up about how I feel. They can't seem to shut up on their shows. They can't seem to shut up in the stuff that they post. You know, I don't have a grievance with Pete. Not with him as a person. I have a problem with what he did. And what he did is against the law. Pete is not being tried for his First Amendment rights. He isn't being tried because he said some things. He is being tried because there is no denying very truth there, okay? Everybody can see with their own eyes if they wish to go look. He did go too far. He had been going way too far for a very long time. My interactions with Pete, and I guarantee you all those disgruntled past co-workers and employees that he had over the years, they'll probably say the same thing. But I don't have a beef with Pete. He and I were never mad at each other, okay? He didn't do me wrong. I didn't do him wrong. We never parted ways. Everything was always amicable, including up until a few days before the arrest when we last spoke. Pete went too far. He went too far in so many things that he did. After Bundy Ranch in 2014, Pete was high on this. Psychologically, something happened with Pete Santilli. He was already wide open mentally for it to happen. He was primed, okay, pumped and primed, ready for this to happen to him, as some people are, as I was. I don't know how somebody can get in and get out of this shit. I don't. I don't know how I got out. I am glad that I did. And there are people that I want to help. 
Okay, because you're in a cult. I have no qualms saying that. You're in a cult. And right now, Staff Sergeant Moe, Maureen Peltier, is trying to be your cult leader. Alex Jones, he's a cult leader. Lots of people like them out there. Don't be a cult leader. Don't be a cult follower. Don't be a cult member. Be your own person. Find your own facts. Don't share things you haven't read. I don't care if I put them out there. I don't care if your mom put them out there or your kid. It's not okay to share it. Sharing's not caring that way. Open it up. Read it. Don't share it. Certainly don't opine on it. You know how many people opine on just a headline and they don't know what the hell is in the actual story? Do you know how many people sound stupid? I've seen people do whole shows, podcasts, YouTube shows on a headline. And they sound ridiculous because they never actually read what was inside it. Never. So Deb, you know, I can give Deb, I can cut her a little slack. I can't even imagine what Deb is going through right now. She uprooted and changed her entire life to be with Pete Santilli. And now this. And the way it's going, Pete Santilli is going to spend his life, the rest of it, in jail. And where does that leave Deb? So I'm going to cut Deb a little bit of slack. I've said enough about Deb. But I'm not cutting any slack for Staff Sergeant Moe. Staff Sergeant Moe, a member of America's military, knows better. Yes, there are bad things wrong in this world, and yes, there are bad people in our government that do bad things all the time, and we have to stay on top of it. We cannot be complacent, and we cannot placate each other. We have to be on top of it, and we have to tell the truth. But that doesn't mean that we go out there and we wipe away part of the truth because it doesn't adhere to the narrative that we want to put out there for something. And that's what Mo's doing, and she's starting a brand new show. Yeah, you know what's going to happen? Pretty soon she'll have 10 and then 20 and then 30 and then 40 and then 50 and 60,000 subscribers. And she's going to hit them up for donations all the time. Because she's already been doing that everywhere, okay? Just like Deb, right? All of you people, whether you have your own show or you're a listener or a fan or what, all you people have been supporting this financially, Supporting this, and if you're not sending a PayPal payment, you're doing it through clicks because they're selling those too. And it's not just YouTube, as I pointed out. There are many platforms these shows go out on. What are you doing? What is your agenda? If you have a show or a blog or a podcast, whatever, whatever you got going on, what is your point? What are you trying to accomplish? Most of you listening or that will listen to the download are truth, truth. Okay, well, you can't tell the truth if you're omitting the rest of the truth. You can't omit part of the truth and call what you're doing telling the truth. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Sensuous videos are going to bring a lot of people down. They're going to bury a lot of people in federal courts. People are going to lose lots of years of their life and everything that trickles down from that. People trusted. People lived. Santilli's fans, a huge portion of those people lived vicariously through Santilli. Why? Because Santilli was happy to wear the hat 
of being the potential martyr for everybody. And everybody else was willing to let him because all of his listeners knew they sure as hell couldn't say the stuff and do the stuff that Santilli was doing without going to jail. Could they? Most people understand that. Why is it that there are some that don't? Why is it that there are some that don't? You can put on a hell of a show. You can tell all the truth that you want. You can go up and rise against the government with your words and your reach and your truth if it's truth. And you can get somewhere. But the only place you're going to get is jail and prison if you follow Santilli, if you follow Staff Sergeant Mo, because that's where she's leading you. She's leading you to Santilli, okay, to sit in jail with Santilli or whatever jail is in your state. That's where you're going to go. That's where you're going to go, and that's the truth, and that's really sad. So I'm going to say something here. All of these defendants, and then I'm going to wrap up this show. This is it. All of these defendants, they need to take a psych eval. They do. they got to do it. And then they got to run their defense based on that, as well as the psychological and tactical influence of the involvement of lawmakers and law enforcement, like COWS, the Coalition of Western States, Fiori, Gavin Syme, okay, uh, the, the sheriff Mass, the constitutional sheriff. These people that make and enforce laws that told them it was okay. They're leaders. They're cult leaders. Whatever their agenda, they're just as responsible. And they need to pay for that. And you need to go away from them. They are not your friends, all right? They are not your friends. Those people, those are the people, and Staff Sergeant Moe and Deb, those are the people that need to be more truthful. They need to, and those in jail, they need to step up and they need to point these things out. They need to stop trying to protect the patriot movement and they need to start talking some real truth about their own butts, okay? They need to do this. They got to go there. They're the only ones that can go there. I can't do it for them. You can't do it for them. You could do that for you starting now so that you don't have to deal with that later. But they, they are the ones, they are the ones that need to do this for themselves. Take the psych evaluation. Tell the truth. It's not a crime to tell the truth. On that note, please make sure you follow on social media. On Facebook, facebook.com, challengingtherhetoric.news. The website is challengingtherhetoric.news. You can find me at CTR News Feed on Twitter. And uh, thank you all very, very much for joining in the chat room and for listening tonight. Please share. And I hope that you learned something tonight. You can hate me if you like. I'm not here to harm anyone. But I hope that you share, no matter what, because somebody's going to listen to what I have to say. Have a great uh, rest of your Sunday evening, and I'll be back Wednesday at the usual time, 6 p.m. Pacific, on Challenging the Rhetoric.